0: This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This Podcast. All right, Fact Check This Podcast, episode 51, and today we're going to have a look at Biden's stimulus packages that never end. But we also at the same time, have to look at the Biden tax plans that are increasingly changing. So I think one of the major issues that, that we kind of have with all of this is people don't understand how much money is actually involved in all of this stuff. So for for the most recent... Uh, Stimulus spending bill. We've got 1.9 trillion. And the other stimulus bills that had come before that were like 2 trillion. I think the first one was 2 trillion. And then the one after that was like 3.2 trillion. And then this one is 1.9 trillion. And there's talk of like another. $3 Three trillion, 3.5 trillion, something like that. But the problem is with all of the money that's taken in by the government in taxes every year, it, it doesn't even cover one of these tri- one of these stimulus bills. And they're talking about these uh, increased tax rates on the wealthy, these you know wealth tax on anybody making over two hundred thousand dollars. Which was originally supposed to be four hundred thousand dollars, but never mind any of that. Uh, no, no one should expect campaign provinces to be kept, right? So, all of the additional taxing that's going to be done will—it was projected that that'll only uh, that that'll only generate like somewhere in the neighborhood of. Four hundred billion uh, per year. So, adding an extra four hundred billion still doesn't put a dent in any of these spending plans. And and that's just the COVID stimulus plans. That has nothing. Not even looking at the trillions upon trillions that they spend in just regular. Defense contracts and everything else that the government is blowing money on. So, at this point, why would you even have taxes at all? The government can just print more money when it's out, right? Because that's what they're doing. Like, our taxes are covering less than half of all of the government's spending, and the government's not going to stop spending. They're not going to stop. They're not going to slow down their spending. They're going to continue to spend more, as a matter of fact. So, like, how does all of this work out? And what's the point of even having taxes at at that point? Because really, I mean, if if we look at it, we don't, we aren't paying taxes to fund the government. The government is doing whatever it wants and funding itself. I've talked about this before, but like, it's it's all just play money. It's all play money. <laughs> it was funny. Uh, my wife earlier today, we were talking about it and she said, we should just stop paying our bills since they're going to super inflate everything to the point that it collapses and it's gonna not going to matter. I was like, well, we can keep paying our bills. It doesn't hurt anything to continue to pay our bills because at the end of the day, it's all just numbers in a computer somewhere. None of it's real. None of it actually exists. So, when you take all of the money that supposedly is out there and you divide it by zero, it's still going to come out to zero. Like, none of it has any actual value. So, if we pay our bills, our bills are paid. If we don't pay our bills, when it all goes to zero, it's still zero. So, you know, it doesn't hurt one way or the other. It's not like we're we're going to pull some magical value out of the imaginary numbers that are plugged into a computer somewhere when the economy completely tanks and everything goes you know, straight into the shitter. It's not going to have it's not going to have value. We're not like we're not saving anything by not paying bills at that point, because once it zeroes out, it's all zero. <laughs> anything divided by zero equals zero. And that's what we're coming to. Like that's the, that's kind of the end sum game of all of this. Is it's all about to hit zero, <laughs> real quick at the at the rate they're going. Uh, so I wanted to look at at an article from uh, the Mises Institute that it says, you know, if the the headline is if deficits don't matter, why bother with taxes? Uh, and so this kind of goes into some of the uh, like Keynesian economics and Looks at modern monetary theory, which if you if you've ever balanced a checkbook and have even like the the slightest idea about how money works and understand numbers a little bit, uh, Keynesian economics and modern monetary theory make absolutely no fucking sense whatsoever. But somehow these are the economic concepts and principles that our country is being run on so you can you can figure it out pretty quickly if you if you study those a little bit just why we are in such dire straits as what we currently are. Uh, so one of the things that they talk about with uh, like, and this is an economic scholar that uh, that they talk to or talk about throughout this article and and one of her uh, key points, for why she thinks taxes are still necessary, even though the deficit spending that the government is engaged in has basically made our tax dollars useless, like they're they're not they're not serving any purpose to fund the government, right? Uh, and one of the things that that she states like it's like it's a good thing is that taxes remove dollars from our hands so that we can't spend them, and and she makes the the presumption that government knows better how to spend our money than we do. Has anybody seen the U.S. Postal Service and the disarray that that's in? I just got my tax packet back from from our accountant. It was mailed on February 27th, and we just got it in on Thursday. Has anyone seen the roads? Like the jokes about potholes and stuff? It's it's all funny to see the the memes of a, you know, a car disappearing into a pothole and then reappearing out of another pothole somewhere. Our tax dollars are supposed to be going to fix that and Domino's Pizza was doing a better job of repairing the roads than actual state and local road departments are. Has anybody seen the just complete malfunction that is the educational system and the way that's being funded? Uh, I mean, Kenneth and I talked about that a few weeks ago with looking at uh, my private school cho- schools and school choice and everything like that. But if you really like dig into the numbers at the, the federal and the state level, as far as where the money goes and what it's being spent for. It's something outrageous. It's like seventy to eighty percent of every tax dollar that's taken for education actually goes towards administrative and it does it doesn't go anywhere near the kids. Like it never sees the kids. (laughs) Like ten twenty twenty to thirty percent, maybe, if even that much is all that'll go to the actual kids all the rest of it goes to administrative fees and funding the government that is wrecking these systems so how can we look at any of this and think yeah taxes are a good idea they're definitely serving a purpose we should we should definitely be giving more money to the government because they will definitely spend it better than we will they know better than what we do where our money needs to go they have this beautiful track record of how frequently and regularly they succeed with all of their ventures, right? Or not, or not at all. The more you look into this, and I've got a couple of articles that I have posted over the last few days that look at all of this different stuff, especially the one that goes into, it's from MarketWatch, and it goes pretty in-depth on the all of the trillions, and the fact that that people don't understand numbers. like That's what what it boils down to. People don't understand numbers. And so they have no idea what any of these numbers actually mean or how big they are or how just insurmountable they are. You could literally take the entire net wealth of every billionaire in this country and maybe run the country for a week. Maybe. I don't think you even make it that far. The problem is not billionaires the problem is not corporate greed the problem is not any other external source the problem comes directly from the government and everything they do to completely fuck everything they touch at every turn that's that's really what it boils down to it's it's that simple all right and as for part 2 carrying on with the uh, the way that the government really tends to just uh kind of ruin everything it touches, let's have a look at uh, Jen Pasky, And, and I, I got a detour before I even hit it because there's so many. I keep seeing, like, I, I read three, four, five articles a day that talk about Biden's plans for this and the Biden administration doing that and Biden, 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 Biden. And it's always Jen Pasky says it. Jen Pesky, Jen fucking Pesky. Biden never actually says anything. B- Biden doesn't like. He is the. <laughs> he is the name, and, the face that is rolled out for all of this, but he never has anything to say about any of it. Like his his one press conference was such a just complete fucking joke, and then his. Stephanopoulos interview was every bit that's as much of a joke, if not more so. Like, Biden is just the puppet that they're dangling up there for everybody to see. But it, the, all of this stuff is coming from somewhere else and it's being uh, put out there by Jen Paskey. So as far as I'm concerned, she's, she's more of the president than what Biden is at this point. But they're going to start to push for executive orders on gun control. So we're just gonna completely ignore the entire constitution. Not that that should come as a surprise. Like Most of what the government does completely ignores the constitution, but we're just gonna fully throw it out, ignore the second amendment and everything else and push for executive order gun control laws. And here's my problem. Number one that's unconstitutional, and as soon if it's done, the Supreme Court like I've never believed that the Supreme Court would actually hear a second amendment related case like i just I just don't see it happening uh, there's too much controversy to to be had, regardless of the outcome of their decision so so like they'll avoid that like the plague, but if Biden takes off with executive orders on that they won't be left with a choice like they're going to have to step in and do something because it's it's going to hit that point like that's that's that is a you know that is a crossing of the Rubicon so to speak uh, so so that's where it could get really interesting but the biggest problem that I have with all of it is and it, it the number is disputed. It could be anywhere from 3,000 to 20,000 gun control laws that are currently on the books. And the fact that it could be anywhere from 3,000 to 20,000, and nobody actually seems to know, and there don't seem to be any good records as to which of these numbers is right, or if any number is right, should show you everything you need to know about just how totally screwed up this is like they don't even know what all what all laws are on the books to begin with they have no idea it's so if anywhere from 3 to 20,000 gun control laws and regulations and restrictions are already in place what are any others going to do how are how are any more going to solve the problem how are any more laws or regulations going to change literally anything it doesn't matter if it goes through the house and it goes through the senate and it gets passed through on a 60-vote majority, or whatever. It doesn't matter if it's an executive order. It doesn't matter if it comes from the fucking Supreme Court. It is very, very well proven that none of them accomplish anything because there are so many, nobody knows how many there are. So here we are looking for more gun control when the current gun control that's on that already exists has no bearing on it. And why does it have no bearing on it? Because criminals don't fucking care about the laws. In fact, a lot of the times, like, the people that are... So, in several of the instances here lately, the people who are carrying out these shootings, they went through all the legal channels. Like, so, what What? What additional regulations could you put in place that's going to change that i mean, think that, that it's not it's illogical it's nonsensical I, mean, I don't i don't like i don't even know what else to say about it at this point gun control is not the problem laws and regulations and all of that stuff that's that's not the problem there is a stigma that has been created about guns that is absolutely ludicrous. They are treated like some horrible killing machine when the only times that that's the case is when it's a actual horrible person on the other end of it. I literally carry that gun right there everywhere I go. Anytime I'm out in public, that's on me. It doesn't just go off shooting people on its own. In the event that someone were to do something, I have the means to stop that person very quickly, and I am more than willing to do so. It, you know, there was the, the shooter in uh, Texas church uh, a few years ago, and he shot maybe one person. Shot, or maybe killed one and shot two. I don't If you looked at the right camera angle from that church, a guy carrying in the church put that shooter down almost immediately. If you looked at the right camera angle, there were also four other people in that church who had weapons drawn ready to take this guy down. Removing the stigma that a gun is anything more than a tool and a means of protection, a means of self-defense. is the only way that we take positive steps towards fixing this. Check out uh, the philosopher on Facebook and Twitter. Now, she posts stuff all the time pertaining to the Second Amendment and people using guns, to protect themselves, to protect their families, and to stop active shooters before they have a chance to do anything horrible. I really don't know where else to go with this, because it's to think that we have so many regulations on the books that we don't even have a accurate measure of how many there really are. And that more is going to be a solution is fucking stupid. Government does not exist to fix problems. They only create more problems so that they can claim they need more money so that they can fix the problems. That's it for today's episode. I'll be back on Wednesday with what, uh, <laughs> with what will be episode 52. So just ignore the intro part where I say... Episode fifty one, because originally I was planning on having that as the the release for today, but with the uh, with the actual content of the the episode, I felt like it was better to do a Wednesday release on that. And if you if you come back and you check it out, you'll understand exactly why the Wednesday release was was what uh, was what made sense for that one. But uh, Giles Miller comes back on the show, and we're going to talk about Easter and and get into. Uh, a whole bunch of other stuff as well. There will be two different versions. There will be a short version where we just kind of hit the Easter part of it and really get into uh, the Easter story and how all of that works out. But then there's also a longer part where we get a lot more in-depth to the whole Easter story. Plus, we talk about a lot of other biblical stuff, and like we we kind of trail off, and it, it's, really a, it's really an excellent conversation. And please, please, check these out and give us all the feedback that you can. Like we want to know what people think about these episodes and, and what your thoughts are on, on kind of the study that we did together, going through this whole thing and looking at, at, at the Easter holiday and, uh, and the way all of that actually works. So hope everybody has a good day. Hope you come back on Wednesday and check that out and give us all the feedback in the world. Cause we want to continue our uh, conversations on uh, biblical topics and kind of get more in depth on different stuff so give us feedback so we know what like what kind of questions people have about stuff so we can tailor the those episodes and and get meaningful content out of them and hope you have a good one